0: Yeah. so how you doing how you doing I'm good how are you I'm excited I'm ready I think I'm ready, think I'm ready. Okay, you gotta
1: stay <laughs> ready you can't just like get ready you gotta stay ready be prepared all the time yes you're right okay,
0: okay I'm ready I'm ready let's do this
1: Okay, okay. Well, hi, everyone. My name is Ayana. As you know, some people call me Yaya. So if you ever hear this lady, beautiful lady right here saying Yaya, I just know a lot of people call me Yaya as well. Um. So today I have a special guest, you know, my favorite mentor, <laughs> Miss <laughs> Tiffany Hill. <here.
0: laughs> Let's go. <laughs> So, like I can't even mentor myself, okay? I have an tw- almost 22-year-old son, 18-year-old daughter, and I can hardly mentor myself. So when you first said that, I was super honored. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Hello. Tiffany Hill.
1: How are you doing today,
0: Miss Tiffany? I'm good. I'm good. Should we tell them how we know each other? Oh, sure. All right. Uh, well, I know Ayana, who I call Yaya, um, from church. Um I first met her a little bit after she joined Sharon and I joined a little bit after that, but we became fast, what I'll call family. Um, she and I have so much in common, even though I'm 42. Okay. No. Uh, and I'm older. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's amazing. The connection that we made through seriously through trauma, through um, lifestyle, but all under the umbrella of this church experience so I'm very honored to be in her presence I was honored when you asked me like girl I have imposter syndrome time a thousand so this is amazing for me I appreciate it
1: thank you thank you I'll say my first memory bust me was at convocation and <laughs> I was walking around by myself a lot and he was like girl what's wrong with you if you need anything I got you just, just let me know
0: I got you yeah, yeah, I wanted because convocation was such a big thing when I was younger, and you know, if we ever get to to it, the drama that was going on that weekend, um, I was just like, your light is so shiny. You don't just have a light that shines, but it turns different colors sometimes. Sometimes glitter shoots out of your light. Like you have an amazing personality. And when I came to you that at that point, you were you were trying to praise through the problem, and I just wanted you to know that you weren't alone, you know what I mean and it was and I didn't even know what I could do to even help, so yeah, I remember that <laughs> all that to say I remember,
1: okay, okay, so I'm glad I met you, and God put you in my life for a great reason, so Speaking of God, you know, he is an amazing father. He is, because he's good all the time, all the time. God is good. Um, And I remember you. I was trying to, like, come up, think about what's the best topic to talk with you about. And I remember you were saying that you wanted something that talks about how everyone today or is more into technology more into social media live their lives mostly online rather than reality so it's like oh let's talk about reality versus fantasy because that is a big problem in the world today so what are your like thoughts of reality versus fantasy well first of all it's
0: really close to home for me i mentioned my kids earlier um and a bridge to your previous podcast, if you haven't heard the first podcast, um, Ayana and Pastor Roscoe Shields touched on some amazing things. And one thing that I, I, as a person who wants to be close to God and wants to be as transparent as I can, um, I wasn't the best parent and my kids actually confronted me about abuses and it's hard for me to say that. Um, but within that, some of the things that quote unquote got them through the hard times with me was fantasy life. Um, My kids got into anime at very young ages. Um, And anime is like all fantasy all the time. Um, But what that turned into because of my home life wasn't like a support system for them. It turned into a crutch. Um, And it did a lot of things to them Emotionally and um, psychologically, even physically, they had some really interesting, like, processing of what they were absorbing in their fantasy lives. Um, I remember my daughter, like, passing by her room and listening to the things that she was saying. And you could tell she was in this fantasy, but it was so real to her. It was so real. Um, that was when she was like 10. Fast forward, she's 18. And there I say her fantasy life is almost as strong as it was at age 10. And you know, when we're younger, it, it feels safer to have those imaginary, um, imaginary life. When I was younger, I was told you shouldn't have imaginary friends because whatever that might lead to. And I think people just thought it would make you crazy. But all in all, um, Fantasy life, it can be damaging, I think, if it's not if it's not regulated, um, and I don't know. I, I think that's kind of where it first started when I, I was mentioning to you about the topic. It was like, yo, this is really close to home, plus, we were talking about how we have a connection, and I was like, well, what kinds of things do you like to do, and this, and the other? And the things that you like to do as a 22-year-old are a lot different than a lot of your peers. Your peers are technologically based um, as a general concept. And I don't ever want to pigeonhole anyone. But, you know, the metaverse. And I saw some articles about people actually marrying avatars and stuff like that. And I was like, what a crazy fantasy life, um, especially in, like, Asian countries and continents. Please forgive me. I'm I'm a little ignorant geographically. Um, But yeah, over there, it's so normal to have a complete fantasy life where you don't have to live within reality. And I remember you were saying it's hard. It can be hard. Maybe not in these words, but it can be hard for you to socialize because people don't like what's real. They don't want to go hiking. They don't want to go canoeing, going to uh group festivals and things like that as much as they used to because this fantasy
1: life thing has become uh, real. thing it has become a lifestyle for a lot of people. Cause like back in the day, you know, I'm not that old, but you know, I feel like I was born in the nineteen fifties. I was that's like I'm supposed to be back then. I am I'm not, not supposed to be in this generation. But my generation is still lit. You know, we lit. So um but back then, everyone, they didn't have phones. So if you wanted to do something, they had to go outside, send pigeons. I'm sorry if y'all didn't have pigeons in 1950. <laughs> uh, pigeons
0: now. Good pity, girl. Good
1: but yeah, y'all had to send the pigeons and the Eagles hawks to like get your mail messages. Y'all had to mail and everything. Sorry, but not sorry, because it's real. Y'all used to do that, but nowadays, only thing we can do Click text message on our phone, send a text. Hey, what you doing? Where you at? And uh, back in the day, y'all had more freedom to think about what you're doing. You were outside more living in reality every day. Nowadays, everyone lives behind the phone, literally behind the phone. That's all they do. And uh, social media, this aspect of life, this time period area of life right now, it should be called the the COVID social, social COVID. Because Mm. when COVID came out, everyone was like trapped in the house. No one was really going out and it messed with a lot of people mentally, physically, emotionally. And with that being said, like you were saying like anime, Um, how your kids are into anime. Like shout out to anime lovers. I love anime too. Um, I'm watching Rocky right now and Death Note. Good shows. And I'll say with those, they actually give lessons and just like social media, you can find information off of it. But if you don't go research it yourself, how can you know if this information is true? Right. And uh with God, if you ever like I know you read the Bible. I read the Bible too. I'm trying to better in depth with my studies and I noticed. Um, Genesis, the first book in the Bible within the first three chapters, you know how the story of God created earth and he created Adam and Eve. And you think about, um, the story God made man as his own image, correct? So if we're made in God's image, God is in us, which is right. the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in us, so the Holy Spirit is in us, working through us. And if everyone has the Holy Spirit in them, then God is in everything that has life. So light is in everything that is living. Right. And some people don't realize a lot of the things about that story, he just wanted us to walk with him. He just wanted us to talk with him, walk with him. And people in the 1950s, they were mostly walking with God and being of the nature. Because if you want to be with God, like Adam and Eve, they were walking in the garden of Eden. Eden. And that was outside. They didn't have social media. That wasn't in a the house. They wasn't closed off. And so with. Young adults these days being in the house, not really going to exercise, not doing anything, they're in the house trapped on their phones, just looking at oh what what is other people doing in their lives and not really focusing on what's really what's really real like you can find a lot of motivation on social media throughout anything, and if you don't act upon it at that moment. Like as soon as you see like, okay, I want to be a physical therapist. If I see something about physical therapy, if I don't, if I like, oh, this is a cool video. I I should do that. Then I scroll to the next one. And then I was like, oh, this is a cool video too. Scroll to the next one. Oh, this is funny. That's like me having fake motivation, fake inspiration. Cause if it really inspired me, I would have dropped what I was doing and went and acted upon that right then and there. And a lot of people don't realize that that's what everyone do. Like, everyone does this. Like, if you see something, you could be motivated by it. But if you don't act upon it or do anything to get to that point, you won't ever reach your goal. That, That is true.
0: Um, but it's interesting because we're talking about living in our minds and I was talking about who I know have displayed that lifestyle and it was my kids. I mean, they're young. They don't even know.
1: I mean, now
0: they're, they're mature. My kids are so smart. I love them. Shout out to James and Jackson. Um, but they were kids living a fantasy life, which as an adult, it makes more sense. Um, but I'm thinking of, cause you were saying, you know, it has to go, it has to come out of your mind from fantasy to reality. If you want to meet your goals, but dare I say, some people's goal, I think is to stay in that fantasy life. Like, who do you think we're talking to? Like, who are these people besides like, you know, kids who we give a license to, we give them freedom and permission to fantasize and to have that life. but. Who else are we like talking to? Because there might, I know people whose goals are literally to live in the metaverse for the rest of their life. And I've met people like on my job. Um, I'm a certified nurse's assistant and I meet all kinds of ages of people. And when I'm like, Hey, what are you going to do outside of here? And these are people, like I said, all kinds of ages, all kinds of background, cultures, ethnicities. And I'll, you know, randomly, Oh, what are you going to do afterward? I'm about to go play my video game. Now I play video games. I'm not, not as good as I used to be. But anyway, um, look, I'm, I'm more off of video games, but um, I had such a fantasy life as an adult that it, it kind of scared me. So I was like, well, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't play video games as much. Maybe I shouldn't um, watch soap operas and all these other things that bring this fantasy life. But who is fantasizing to the point where they don't want to live reality? They don't want to follow their goals. I think that's important to recognize who people are.
1: I would say with that question, the answer and this is just my opinion, the government basically put it into our heads. The way society works, if you think about it, they train us certain ways. As a kid, we're put through school. We have to go to school for eight hours. And then uh they're basically training us to get ready to work. They're training us everything we learn from the curriculum, you know, we have math, science, English and social studies are the four main ones we have to do each year. And if you think about it, the government, they take out a lot of stuff in the books every year. They put what they want everyone to know. They change history. And if you think about it, a lot of teachers that are put into the classrooms to teach kids. And a lot of adults who are supposed to mentor kids to teach them anything they're supposed to, they talk down upon these kids. Because I remember a couple of my English teachers, a couple of my teachers have told me and my classmates that, oh, you're not going to be anything in your life. You're just going to be working at McDonald's." And people in society do that a lot. And Some people, they have been told that since the day they were born. So if someone is told something repetitively, they're going to end up doing it until they get into a mindset, oh, no, I'm not what you say I am. I am what I am. Until they figure out what they are and who they are, then they're going to be stuck in that same cycle of people pleasing. And one thing about that, if you ever, like I said early, like God is in everything. God is in everyone in Exodus, 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 Exodus chapter three. God's, uh, Moses asked God, like, who are you? What can I tell the people what you are? And God said, I am that I am. So until you know who you are, you won't find out who God is because God is in everyone. So long story short, answer short, I'll say it's the people who are brainwashed by society.
0: Interesting, very interesting. I think that when I think about my kids, I would say, yeah, they because I think they're intelligent, I don't feel like they've been brainwashed, but up until the point where they learn the truth out of the fantasies that they saw, created, or living in, yeah, they they didn't know any better. They were just like they hadn't learned. They hadn't learned what was true and what wasn't. Um but I learned and I've seen what when, when we're I was looking up articles and things about this topic, it says a lot of the people who live these lives are people who don't have social interaction, period. Um a lot of um only kids who or excuse me, only only kids? <laughs> only oh, children only child. As the only child in their family, yo, help, ah, any more caffeine or something. Um, a lot of people who, like when they grew up, they didn't really attach to any friend group. Um, I noticed a lot of people who were raised by um, free thinkers uh, are a lot of people who live in this live in fantasy lives. Um, and, and when we're talking about living in a fantasy life, I mean like it's hard to get them to come out. Um living here in the Pacific Northwest, as you guys don't know, we are in Portland, Oregon, the beautiful Portland, Oregon. Um, I grew up here knowing that or having to accept that people accepted fantasy more than reality here. So much so that you can have a corporate job here in Portland, Oregon. And if you identify as, let's say, a fox and you decide to dress up as a fox wearing the corporate um, dress code, but you say you got a fox hood on, like, I don't know if anybody knows what a furry is, um, but that that is one population that um, lives in a fantasy life, whether it's for a minimal amount of time or maximum. But here in Portland, Oregon, if your fantasy life it's so real to you that it is your identity you get away with it like no one can tell you no you can't come here dressed as a fox because that that's what you believe in. but in my mind when I step back and I look at that person, Lord help me I judge um, and I need to be I need to be cured from that when I say I judge I start to come up with I, I ask myself well why are they doing that and then I start to answer that question for myself and I call that judging. When I look at someone, I ask about like, well, why are they dressed like that? Why would they think that they're actually a fox? And I try to answer that question for myself. I, I feel like I'm judging them. So I'll look at people and I'll hear questions or stories and I'm like, wow, like you really do have a full fantasy life. Um, and in my mind, looking at that person dressed as a fox and they get off of work and they go to the grocery store and they, they're buying their stuff and then they get in their car or on their bike or on public transportation, and this is their life. So I see those people. Um, I've also seen, um, well, let me go from like a movie standpoint. I've definitely seen movies and Netflix shows and things like that where online life is life. Um, And then when they unplug the reality, the way that reality is staged, is like it's gray and it's dark and it might be a, a old fat man that lives in his mama's basement who's never been married, like fifty five years old, or or that single female who is quote unquote so nerdy that no one wants to love her. Mind you, nerds are amazing, okay? Um yeah, like those are the people who I see traditionally labeled as living in fantasy worlds. But would you agree that it's everybody? Yes. I think everybody
1: live in a fantasy world in some way or another. a hundred percent um we're everyone is dreaming 24 7 like whether we're awake or whether we're asleep we're dreaming 24 7 and uh, while we're awake we are conscious of everything like we see there's material factors that are, that affects our dream because you think about we're just the spirit and the soul Inside of ourselves, like our body is just here on earth, like physical things that we can touch, but our actual self is inside of us. Because does that make sense? If you're if you're going along with what I'm saying, the skin that's if you believe that God basically. Created us. And when, once we die, uh, we're going to basically go, well, if you believe in God, you'll live forever. And your physical, earthly skin, I don't know, body built will stay here on the earth, but your spirit will still live. If you believe that, then basically, yeah, I just threw myself off for a little loop-de-loop. Um
0: following you. I am following
1: if I think, if it's the Holy Spirit up in here, I follow Yeah. Yeah. But I forgot what I was talking about before that cuz I was trying to explain it. But yeah. Um the Holy Spirit in you is basically I'm going to have to edit this one for sure. <laughs> I'll do it. What did you
0: ask me? I was that I do you agree that everybody on Earth on some level lives a fantasy
1: life? Yes. Okay, so the Holy Spirit in us, um, when uh, you were talking about the metaverse, um, I wouldn't necessarily say metaverse, it's like kinda like astral projection and basically it's like when you're asleep and if you can tap into it, it'll be like you'll be conscious of yourself and your spirit will actually be awakened and taken into a different tenant I wouldn't say dimension because you know how there's eight or 12 levels, um, 12 dimensions and hell is one, we're in the third one and heaven is the top one. And if we want to get to heaven, we have to go through different, the different dimensions. And if you think about it, people always say, deja vu, oh you've been here before, or when we die, we come back in a different animal, we come back in a different form of life. So if that's the case, then basically God is also um this is off topic, but that's the case, God is also giving us chance after chance to be saved. But everyone does fantasize because when you're awake, you have to think about when you're thinking, you're thinking in your head. People can't hear your thinking, your thoughts. People can't hear your thoughts. So that's technically as a sense of form fantasizing because you're basically fantasizing is the the definition from Google that I searched up is the activity of imagining things and reality is the state of quality of having existence or substance fantasy if we're thinking that's imagining you can put it either way you want is like your thoughts like okay how am i going to do this okay we're fantasizing about our plan put into action our reality is us actually acting upon those fence and we right. can feel like okay I want to be rich. I want to, I want to like go ice skating. I want to go snowboarding. And we, we think that. So we're imagining that. So we do fantasize a lot. But if we're not acting upon it, then we're just living in our minds and fantasies all the time. Until we act upon it, it's not bringing it into
0: reality. Right. Absolutely. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. And, First of all, you went a little too deep for probably some of us with the realm situation. Um, and for those who understand that or who are trying to understand that, like you said, God is coming. Jesus is going to come back at God's timing. Because It says the Bible says that Jesus doesn't even know the day, the time, and the hour. He's just praying, 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 and interceding for us. And and telling God like those things that they're thinking, those fantasies and what have you trying to explain to God what kind of life we live as humans so that we never have to experience um death forever. It says that in the Bible, um that the I, I just pulled it up here. Um that hell is made for the devil and his angels. In Matthew it says that. Um it says it's going to be prepared. So I am so thankful that right now there isn't a hell that we have to worry about. But what we don't want to do is to live in such a fantasy life that we've never understood the reality of God. And then suddenly we're not with him. We're not living eternally with him. I was explaining it to a youth group. Um I was like, you know, we're in this forever situation. So the, the universe, and I, I I explained it as when you're at night, the black, Sky that goes on and on and on. You can think of that as the universe. The blue sky or the gray sky, whatever it looks like during the day, that goes on and on and on, you can think of that as the universe because you don't see. We don't see the ends of it. Uh, and we're stuck in this time bubble. We're stuck in this time bubble. And at some point, God is going to come, pop that bubble. And if you can think of that bubble in the middle of all of that expanse of black and blue, it gets popped, and suddenly we're opened and we're tied into the reality of forever. Um, I think it's amazing that we live in a life that there are so many things that are not real that we have to check ourselves at all times. Um, but the Bible actually says in tie this in here um, in John 1 first John 3 it talks about um, spirit. Because really, when you think about imagination, it's more in your spirit. It's not something. It, it, it's it's your mind connecting to what we call your heart, which is really your you know your feelings, your emotional intelligence, and all of those things. Um, but God says in First John three that there's a formula to test whether or not. First of all, demons and things and the the spirits that people say that they have and that they give are real. But also, the test in my mind, I also see it as testing those spirits that create your fantasy life. Um, I was in foster care from the age of five to almost 13, and I created such a fantasy life for myself. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Ayana, <laughs> my fantasy life, even today as a 42 year old, is a crutch. Um, when when things are not going well, I can just, what I call veg out. And there's a whole world here, a whole world with things I could not describe or explain to anyone else. because it's my world, it's my safe place. However, um, I have gotten to points where I'd rather be there than here, doing this, than taking care of my kids. I have a husband, y'all, a whole husband for y'all. I haven't even mentioned. Um, And like maybe we'll argue or something will happen like normal people, okay? Because um, we feel again. I might just blank out to ask a question, and suddenly I don't like what I'm hearing. I know that I'm going to say something that he's not going to like to hear, and I'll just check out. And when I check out, I've gone into that life. I've gone into that life where. I can handle things way better. I have the perfect answer for everything. Um, but I, I know that it is not um, what God would want for me because it keeps me from handling things that are real. Um, the Bible also says to cast down every imagination. I, I promise I look these things up and they're gone now. Um, but there's a Bible verse that says, cast down every imagination. Um, Meaning, you know, it should not be how you operate your life. You shouldn't operate off of fantasy, imagination. Um, But what I love about it is God gave us the imagination, right? He gave us an imagination that some of us abuse or some of us use to get through everyday life. To get through everyday life. Um, I also think that people who fantasize, such as like. Like, I'll have conversations with young people who want to get married. And I'll hear, ooh, my, I think we've had this conversation, ooh, my future husband, wife, partner, person, they're going to have this, they're going to have that, they're going to be like this, and oh my goodness. And then when I talk to someone, Miss Yaya, (laughs)
1: like, you see that
0: smile on her face? Okay, first of all, first of all, all I can do is say, Lord, or... God, please let those imaginations be the man you created, Lord, and that you implanted into. Him. Um, but a lot of the time,
1: so he gonna the people that.
0: No, go ahead, girl.
1: So my thoughts are his thoughts. So if I'm imagining my man, he gonna my husband gonna come up. That's all I'm gonna
0: say. Yes, it, the Lord wants us to to claim it and receive it. And um, it also says in proves that if you submit your thoughts or you can even just submit your plans, which I guess all come spot to the Lord and he'll make your way straight. Um, He'll show you how to get it done. He'll show you how to get that person. He'll show you how to live the life that you want to live. But I don't think that a lot of us realize that God cares about our fantasy life, that God actually cares about that. What do you think?
1: God really does scare us because he knows us like the back of our hand, the front of our hand. He knows us better than anyone else. And God is in us. So if he's living in us, he's going through all these. Well, he's not. Jesus is because Jesus is the translator between God and um us. So he got uh, Jesus is explaining to God our emotions of how we're feeling. And God gave us free will to think how we want to think. And since Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge of evil and good or good and evil, like uh, God said himself and Satan, well, the serpent said to himself, the only reason why God didn't want you to eat of this tree, the knowledge of good and evil is because now you will become gods and right. you, know, you will know the difference between good and evil. And God said, since y'all wanted to eat from this tree, Eve, and me and Eve going to have a problem. When I get to heaven, me and Eve going to have to sit down and talk. Just saying, because she's doing too much. But, <clears throat> um, so when he said that, he was like, I'm putting it in, in your hands now. You know the difference between good and evil. You know the difference between good and bad. So it's in your hand. Your life is in your hand, but in my hand too. If you choose to do good, you will be rewarded for it. If you choose to do evil, then you will get punished for it. Because why? You know the difference between good and evil. And if you choose to do evil, knowing the good, that means you're being ignorant to the fact that he taught you basically everything you needed to know. And if you want to be ignorant, then that's on you for getting, because you reap with yourself. Yeah, and also, um, God, um, like you said, like going back to Genesis, because I think like this Genesis basically touched down Because you know how a lot of people say, um, the Bible wasn't supposed to make it past Genesis. All the oh. answers are in Genesis. And, like literally, um, because I was on a lot of studying last night randomly. At from 11 o'clock to three o'clock this morning about the Bible, like I was so into it. I was doing a lot of connections. I was like, oh, everything is so crazy. Because if you think about it, um, right before Eve ate from the tree, she she checked it. She checked to see if the food was good. It looked good and everything. That's what a lot of people do with social media and everything. If they see something look good and they hear a word of mouth, word of mouth. Okay, this sounds good. Okay, I'm going to go try it out. And as soon as they ate of that apple, their eyes were open. They realized mm-hmm. that they were naked. So they realized that they were doing wrong.
0: Yeah.
1: They realized they were yeah. doing wrong, and so they put clothes on. So basically, they tried to hide the fact that they did something wrong, which a lot of people do on an everyday basis. And then, next thing you know, they hear they hear God's voice walking through the garden, not His footsteps. Did you hear me? His voice walking through the garden. So God wasn't walking. If anything, He was either hovering floating in the air or it was just he was light like i was saying earlier god is light light is everything light is the knowledge of everything and the god to god to the purpose and life to get to heaven so right. when they heard his voice they hid everyone hid and sent. well adam and eve hid they hid from god and god was like why are you hiding from me and Adam was like, I heard you were coming I realized I was naked and hit. So just like in fantasies, reality, God tells everyone to do something. And just like my man, Jonah, if you ever heard me tell the story, Jonah, Jonah didn't listen, just like a lot of people didn't listen to God, what God told them to do. Starting with Adam and Eve, <laughs> that's why I got a problem with her. and. <laughs> starting with them he said you did what i told you not to do and then you realized it was wrong so you decide to run from me instead of facing me because you knew you were wrong yeah. okay and then um basically god because the after god was asking like how did you know you were naked how how did you know you did wrong So you basically ate from the tree. So everything you do, God already knows. He's just going to see if you're going to tell the truth to him. Are you going to actually come confess what you did? Confessing your sins, basically. Um, And basically, after that, um, God asked Eve because Adam was like, oh, well, Eve told me to do it. She gave me the fruit. And Eve was It was like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, the serpent was like, "Um, if I eat it, then I won't die. It would just make me wise. So she wanted to be wise. So she wanted to be quote unquote smart. She wanted to have all this knowledge, but didn't think to go to the source who who made it to ask him for that knowledge. She decided to go ask someone else. Well, listen to someone else's opinion to basically get some false information that end up being detrimental to her. Cause yeah. now we gotta have periods. We gotta go through nine months of labor, almost die labor, because Eve wanted to eat the doggone apple. And then, and then after that, basically God was like saying, Since you know this now, I'm gonna like clothe you. So, you know, good and evil. And when you think about it, he he said Genesis, I want to say three and twenty six. It says God made them coats of skin and clothed them. So basically, they didn't even have skin at first. They were still light. They were still light. If you think about it, they were literally still light. And then since they decided to put clothes on, he put skin on them. That's how we have bodies. And then he clothed them, put material on them. That's how we came.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. First of all, your brain is amazing. I love how you connect what you connect. Um, and you were rapid firing things. I could, I was like, Oh, oh, good. I was like trying to catch these things. Um, and then I had to just stop and listen and be like, Okay, God. What's my response? You unpack so much. Genesis chapter three. First of all, Genesis means beginning as a Mm -hmm. lot of us probably know. But Genesis chapter three is so amazing to me for many reasons. God's word, the entire Bible is literally how God thinks. So if someone was like, well, I don't know if I want to follow God this and the other. Reading the Bible with the mind of of saying as you're reading God, please help me to understand not just like, oh, this is a verb, that's an adjective, get it up. God will explain these things to you. And One thing I learned, because it, it says also that every time you read the Bible, you can learn something completely different. Um, and I love what you, what, what you've extracted. One thing I learned about Genesis chapter three, that it is the perfect model of how to parent someone. If you notice when they messed up, when they ate the tree of life, or excuse me, the, the, from the tree of knowledge. the knowledge of the evil sorry um they were given an imaginatory Eve was given some some things to imagine she was given the thought to imagine I remember and I'm gonna kind of jump around because like I said I had to ask poetry to tie this together um when Eve was presented with this Option. There was a couple of things that had already happened. Number one, she had been told, don't leave your husband. Stay with him. Y'all work together. You know, stay within vicinity because there's power in numbers. What did we just say earlier? I think the people who the people who have these imaginary lives are alone. Most of them are alone. That's number one. I noticed that she was alone. Um, then the serpent was like, Hey imagine this. Now, she couldn't know what it was like to be God. But imagine, if you eat this fruit, you'll become like God. Now, God, what she knew of God was, like you said, he walked with him. He, a literal footsteps from what humans understand in the garden. But when you ate that apple, or whatever, we're going to call it apple, because so we don't know what, heaven, what the fruit actually was. So, it created this divide between reality of living with God and the fantasy of wishing you were somebody else. Now, this is where I, because I'm a woman, um, and every time I hear somebody like try to knock Eve over her head, it makes me upset. Because I couldn't imagine if she was the first. I'm eating that apple too. I'm eating that apple too. I can't say that I'm above and beyond someone who walked with God can't say that but then I was also looking into this situation I was like well where did this even come from because I don't think it came from Eve well let me let me be honest as I study, the Holy Spirit said it didn't start with Eve it started with that dude Lucifer it started with that dude Lucifer who was second command in heaven and you know what he did he was like Ugh. he looked around and he was like I am so fresh and so fly, so fresh and so fly that I deserve more. And the Bible says that he started to imagine himself as God. He went and created all of this defense and started whispering to the different angels, imagine if you were free. Imagine if you were God. Imagine if I was God. That's what he did around heaven. He insinuated that their reality was not good enough. And because God said, every being that I've ever made has choice. You get to choose whether you live in this reality or you get to choose whether you don't like it. And like you said, when she ate that apple, the consequence, the word consequence when I was younger, I thought was always bad. And what I had to come to reality is that consequence just means the end of. It could be the end of a good thing. It could be the end of a bad thing. And the consequence of her eating that apple is that she got the imagination of the devil. That was the consequence. Instead of her having real thoughts at all times, she suddenly had, had this fantasy life. So eating that apple, and and you know, sometimes I think when I think of fantasy lives, I think of people trying to make things better. We fantasize of things that are bad. Because she all of a sudden started to think, oh, like you said, I'm naked. And Scott was like, girl, what's going to you do that? You're perfect. You're not naked. The enemy has you thinking that. Um, but I wanted to make sure I actually looked at the Bible verse. Second Corinthians 10.5. I'm going to read two versions. My favorite King James Version, which I was told and taught and red, that it's the first version. Um, to be translated into what we can read in our language. So 2 Corinthians 10, 5, King James Version says, casting down, throwing them down, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The New Living Translation says it as, We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Lucifer was the first to have a rebellious thought, a thought that didn't align with his reality. And God made us so smart and so amazed to have that option to Learn about things that are not real. Like, we have that option to imagine things that never would be. Um, and I think it's really interesting that God doesn't, He doesn't punish us directly. We punish ourselves. So when we're like, Oh, I want to fantasize and be with that person, whether you get with that person or not, the process of your fantasy doesn't allow you to live in what is real. Um, and I don't know. I, I think it's really interesting that you brought up Genesis chapter three, because that's, that's exactly how we got punished for Lucifer introducing a fantasy life. He introduced it, but we have to, like this Bible verse says, we have to capture our rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ.
1: So I don't want to.
0: Well, my husband's like, yo, uh, that money you just made on that shift, uh, we need to do this. I'm like, but I got your money, <laughs> yada, yeah, yeah, whatever the issue is. And then and suddenly I'm in my fantasy life, like, yo, if I had all the control over my money and this and the other. And the Lord is like, no, let's, let's, let's be realistic. Let's be realistic. Let's live in this world. So God wants to show us some amazing things about the reality of life, which is, um, the Bible says that. God did not come to condemn us. He didn't come to say, your fantasy life sucks. The Bible says that God did not come to condemn this world. He came to give us life. Mm-hmm. You know, that fantasy is so amazing. Outside of the things that we don't know that are not of God, that are rebellious to God, um, God wants us to give us those good things. He's like, I want you. I gave you an imagination. like, And he gave us an imagination, in my opinion, so that we could imagine us in heaven we can imagine that time bubble that's around our world getting hot and we can live in eternity um but i noticed that i only imagine things that i actually know if i don't read my bible i don't have an imaginary life about the bible i don't i imagine doing my hair i imagine how many glasses off amazon i can buy because we are not prescription i imagine things that. Do not fulfill a life of Christ. And all of that, the whole point of this whole existence is to decide whether you want that forever reality and stop this mental um, manipulation and and, and 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 really it's to stimulate yourself. You want to be happy. I want to be happy. So I'm going to think this and I'm going to drink that and I'm going to do that and I'm going to live in this this fantasy world, um, but God is trying to call us out of that and into the reality of what is um, true, that God is here to save us, that if we give our thoughts to him um and give it to the obedience of Christ, that we can live amazing existences here before he even comes.
1: Amen. And just to piggyback off of like most of the points you said, I'm going to try to go in order by like how I think it should go in order. But um, God has only told us to like he told me he don't want them to do one thing. And that was to be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over all the fish and all over the animals of the world. So basically, he wanted us to control everything, just you know, have kids, build the world up, have live an amazing life. And the one that was like in chapter one, when you get to chapter two of Genesis, but I think I'm just gonna be in Genesis, and I will quote some other things too. But in Genesis, um, uh, in chapter two, he when he Like explains how he made Adam. This is like, I want to just read from King James Version what it said. He said, "Uh," Where was it just said?
0: And let us make. Because the internet is against
1: us. (laughs) Yeah, it always is. Um the word generations. I literally just had it. I was looking at it for the longest.
0: Um you remember the topic?
1: Yeah, it was like a certain oh here we go. Um first Genesis chapter one verse twenty six. And it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the earth of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So the reason why I emphasize us is because like you were saying, like there was like Lucifer and all the other angels. Lucifer was the only one that basically rebelled against God. And So that means that God and all the angels were here before man was created and everything. And so they together made Adam. Because it said, let us. God wouldn't just be like, let. Well, because earlier it was just saying, before you get to uh, verse 26, it was like, God did this he did everything and it was just God said let there be light and he did everything but then when he was talking he said and God said let us so let us so group us is more than one person or one spiritual being that's what I'm gonna say spiritual being so it's multiple people making Adam and Eve Um. so
0: hmm so the multiple people specifically, are we talking about God, the father, the son, the Holy spirit? Cause one of the, this was one like of the, Jesus. was that he wanted to be on the planning process for humans. And God said, no, the only people, the only being that God took was God, the father himself, the Holy spirit and Jesus. So when you talk about the us, that's actually what the Bible's talking about
1: but um Jesus wasn't born at this time this is way before Jesus because if you think about it Jesus didn't come until the new testament he didn't come until after all the humans on earth because Jesus was human all um all the humans on earth were just doing human stuff being humans and not pleasing God so Jesus had to come to lead the way and this is Way before Jesus, so all the angels, because you know there were angels already. They were the ones those beings may help create with God, help create the Adam. And okay. the Lucifer, because if you think, how would a a serpent be able to talk? Because all the animals wasn't walking around talking to Adam and Eve. If that was the case, you didn't hear Eve talking to the bird, and the bird's like, "What?" <laughs> You didn't. Only thing you heard was this one serpent, because the spirits can go like you. The spirits can go into any animal, into anything, because just like um, like you know, in other stories in the Bible, how the spirits would go into the hogs and kill themselves, and go into all of these other animals. So therefore, Lucifer was already here. He went into this serp- serpent. And if he was mad because he wasn't on the committee team to make um to make Adam and Eve, then he will be jealous and he will want to have God's spot. So he's gonna persuade to them, oh, look, um, if you want to be like us, although God already said that you are us, because he said God made man in our own image. So he made us just like him. Already. We we are gods already, because he's in us and he said that he made us in his own image. If we are him, then we are gods. And like I said, in chapter three or chapter two, the serpent even said himself, he was like, God knows that if you eat of this tree, you shall be God's knowing good and evil. So therefore we are all God's because God is in us and he created us in our own image. And then when you also look at it, the serpent, he just wanted to cause chaos. And there were two trees in the middle of the garden. Like, literally, God made this big old garden. And I was trying to do some research to find out what this garden was. But if you look at it on the maps and stuff, this is a giant garden. It goes over a couple countries. So you got this big old garden. And in the middle, the dead center in the middle, you have two trees. The tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Everyone wants life because the life is the reality you were talking about, the reality of us being with God, living with God. And the knowledge of good and evil is basically like we're fantasizing and we have to decide whether we want to live with God or we don't want to live at all. So come together and... Adam and Eve had a choice of which tree to eat from and God didn't never told them they could not eat from the tree of life. They couldn't eat from, he said you can eat from every tree in here. But I'm going to tell you there's two trees in the middle. Don't eat from one. You can eat everywhere else because everything is edible. Only one of them I'm telling you not to eat. I'ma make sure you have two choices. Although you have a million options around you, I'm gonna give you two choices that I'ma see if you really have faith in me. If you really listen to me, I'm gonna give you a choice of sin because this is not listening to me, or I'm gonna give you a choice of happiness or reward because the only thing you have to do is listen to me. If you listen to me. You will have eternal life live on me and being amongst me. If you don't, then, okay, you will know good and evil. You got to decide whether you want to be up here with us or you want to go with Lucifer since Lucifer, the one who told you that. And another quote that I heard, I would say yesterday, because I was thinking like some motivation. So I was watching other podcasts and this, uh, saw this podcast, this girl was saying these two quotes and but the, they go perfect with this and those quotes were the first one said God gave you everything you needed at birth to accomplish his will. So everything yeah. that that's going to get us to heaven is already in us. Literally, already in us. And the second quote was people are suffering because you're not operating in your gift.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cuz if you want if you want to be, if you want to help people, if you want to spread God's word, only thing he wants you to do is help others, because that's what Jesus did. Jesus studied every book. Jesus was so smart. He didn't just study religion. How do you think he went around healing people? Because he did, he studied ancient uh, medicine, the ancient mythology. Jesus knew everything because he was, he had a desire and a longing for God's love to be with God. And to do what God wanted him to do, which was be here on earth. Well, not on earth, in heaven, be with him. And with that being said, that's how everyone should live. That's why God made the nature, He made nature before He made us. Because if you think God is in every living thing, we go outside, we walk in the garden, we walk outside and just be outside. We can be with God, walk with God. Because um, my pastor, Pastor Shields, one day he was preaching and he was like, if you're ever in trouble, if you're ever in trouble, just go outside and look up. And that's because God is outside. God is literally the heaven is everything that has life. If you're in a house alone, like you were saying, a lot of people just close off. If they have no pets or anything, they literally are just in a, a house with just empty space. Even if they have all this furniture and stuff, they're in a house with empty space. They're the only light that's in there. Even if their lights are on. The only real light in there is them. And yeah. if you're if you're a light and you're surrounded by nothing but darkness all the time, you can only see you. It's like you standing standing in the spotlight. And this darkness surrounding you. And then you don't know what to do. You can't see outside. You can only see you. So that fantasy, God just wants us to have a connection with him, to live with him. Because whatever we want, whatever we're going to do, he's going to let that be. He's going to live it through us because everything is already handled. The battle is already won. God is literally... One day is a thousand days to him or a thousand years to him. So while we're talking right now, this man already, we probably, sorry to say, we probably already dead and, or with him because of one day is a thousand years. And a lot of people don't live to a thousand years. Just saying, that's why I said that. Um, and I know a lot of people listen to their favorite, like different music and music and stuff, and I am twenty two. I'm still young, and I I am saved. I wouldn't say I'm I'm the most godliest person living because I do sin every day. I'll do with to music I don't supposed to. I do do a lot of stuff I don't need to do, but I am working towards it. Uh, to be better and to live a godly life. But one thing about it, can no one? No one can judge me, and I can't judge anyone. Because if God is in everything, then I am in everything, and you are in everything. If you believe God is in you, so you should treat everyone and everything like you treat yourself. If you love yourself, you will give yourself hundred percent everything. You will give everyone a hundred percent everything. You will be nice to yourself. You would love yourself, you wouldn't judge yourself for the things you do, and if you do, you need to correct that because self love is worth everything. If you don't love yourself, then you can't love anyone else. And, right. um, the reason why I brought up the rappers and stuff is because, um, Kevin Gates I know a lot of people know who Kevin Gates is. The only reason why I'm bringing him up is because, um, I think he's Muslim. Um And he talks about God and, well, his God, but all the superior beings are literally the same one. Our God could be a different religion's God, but they're all still the same, Um, just taught a different way. But he said that fasting can cure anything. Kevin Gates said fasting can cure anything. So if you're going through depression, if you're going through a state of un unmotivation, unmotivational, like just something like whatever you're going through. If you fast, if you spend that time with God, if you get out of that fantasy world and live in reality, then you can be cured from anything. Sickness, from um, breakdowns, anything. And the internet is used for information and whether that information is all good, whether it's bad, that's... That's your job to actually do the research to find out for yourself. Like the Bible, we can say this Bible can say anything, whether it says do drugs, don't do drugs, eat crazy stuff or don't eat crazy stuff. That's what we can say, whatever we want to say. But if we don't go read it for ourselves, we won't know what it actually says. And that's what a lot of people do. Live off a of line and compare their lives to other people. Go off of what other people say rather than researching it themselves. Like I know some things. Like let's say people say the world's around. People say the world's flat. I could be like, oh yeah, the world's flat stuff. So, until I read it myself or find in the Bible because it does say like it's a firmament and stuff and but that's a different topic until I go in actually researching myself and find out the information for myself and ask God for the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding to understand this. Um, then I won't actually know it for myself and it could just be a blank face lie. So if y'all don't go watch, go read the Bible or do research on um, for yourself, then you will still be living in a fancy life because you're just thinking about what we're saying and not actually knowing in reality will be going to actually find out about it for yourself and stop basing your lives off of other people because everyone is different. Although that is you because God is in everyone live your own way because God made everyone different. He didn't make everyone the same. He didn't make me and miss Tiffany the same. Like, if we were the same age we probably be in different in a different area in a different lane right now but god made it where she was 42 and i'm 22 and our paths crossed and she's helping god me the right way and out of danger and to god so that's all you have to do stop living in a fancy world where things that happened in the past or things that are to come you're living in that perspective rather than in everyday reality like right now like what could you be doing right now you could be reading the bible right now you could be working on that essay that you have to do you could be starting that company you want to do you could be doing anything you want to do other than sitting in the house on your phone or watching other people lives judging what they have to say because you don't want to do your reality and live through what God wants you to do for him, living through your purpose, living through your will.
0: Absolutely. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said. And it says in the National Library of Medicine, it talks about, because a lot of fantasy lives don't give you the option to have physical connection. Um, And the National Library of Medicine um, specifically for the National Center of Biotechnology Information, um, says this. It says, physical contact and loneliness. Being touched reduces perception of loneliness. And I think a lot of times, fantasy life, fantasy life aren't just because you're lonely. Um, it could be, or excuse me, it's not just because you don't like your life, but it could also be because of loneliness. Um, but it talks about in this article, like how important hugs are, how important it is to allow someone to critically think like, how was your day? That's a critical thinking question. Someone has to actually dig deep and say, well, how was my day? Um, and then as you process emotions and physical uh, as you process emotions things that happen in your physical can get fixed, and changed and um, it's like therapy. Being in a family having people that are close to you, best friends, pastors, whoever your support group is, having people that you can give a hug to or can give you a hug or you can actually talk to them one-on-one. It actually says in this study that it um, that it helps your synapses, which is the way we think. Um, it actually helps you physically heal. You can be healed by touch. And that is what Jesus did in the Bible when he went through and he healed people. And a lot of times, um, especially in the Bible, it was it was seen as like, Oh my goodness, because if you touch somebody who had disease, it was like, Oh, you have a disease too, or something's wrong with you. Um, but it's very important to understand that a fantasy life outside of physical realm and, and touch and all of that, it can actually cause your brain to regress. It can actually cause you um mental damage and trauma um, that can only be reversed by actual physical, human, interactions, whether um, mental, physical, verbal, whatever. Um, so I think that's really important for us to understand that God made us to socialize with real things. Um, like you said, animals, like we're supposed to be, um, have dominion over the earth. And, and you know, having pets, um, I know that therapists and psychologists say, just touching a pet is better than not having any physical, any physical um, interactions with people so it's very important to understand that it's okay to have a fantasy life but it's very very important to make sure that that fantasy life doesn't stop you from living the physical um i get it like humans have made living the physical world hard for each other we don't give each other enough love grace kindness understanding so that we could even tell anybody like, oh, I, you know, this is what I believe or I imagine and have a safe space to be educated, a safe space to say, well, you know, I'm not going to fully judge you. Well, you know, let me learn more in a way that could help to, to, like it said in that Bible verse, to capture every irreverent, disobedient um thought and put it into the reality of what God wants course, which is an abundant, healthy, amazing life. Um, because right now God is on trial. This whole thing is that God is on trial. Lucifer said he wasn't worthy to be God. And here we are living this life. Um, so in the end, the reality will be that God will come back. He will show us all these, what they call in the Bible, vain imaginations. Imaginations that only help us. Um, how none of them matter because the reality is that God is the creator of the universe. So, yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways and pathways we could go on this subject, but it doesn't really.
1: Okay. And I just wanted to, to end off with basically piggyback off of what you're saying. If you're going to live a life on social media, at least limit that time um know how to occupy your time know time management and everything try to like get better um with your relationship with god try to have great connections with people be active go outside at least exercise 30 minutes a day walk 30 minutes a day eat healthy be one with the earth try to live more in a reality whether in the space of comparing your life to other people um not finding information out for yourself um read more because all the knowledge and everything is in reading and i know a lot of people don't read uh to this day because i know i had ex-boyfriends that they don't even like to read <laughs> but <laughs> well, that- yeah, that's that's something, but the key to everything is your knowledge, wisdom and understanding. Continue to love yourself, um forgive others, don't judge anyone, remember that just think of everyone and everything as you. Like, okay, I see you, I see you, but that's really me, 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 me. So treat everyone like you would treat yourself. And I'm going to end off with a word, the verse of the day which comes from John um, chapter 14, verse 26. It says, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. And also this coming Tuesday is our meet and greet for... The Hallow Be Thy Name, uh, it says Sharon's Church at five o'clock from five to six. We'll be upstairs in the chapel eating, getting to know each other, and then afterwards, we'll be uh, have a Hallow Be Thy Name walkthrough event down in the fellowship hall. Everyone should come out, was like two hours. You know, we have food, you know, everyone loves food. So come get some food. Come learn. Come meet me. Come meet Miss Tiffany. Come meet everyone else at the church. Let's have a good time. Uh, God bless you and stay lit. Party hard. This is my mentor, Miss Tiffany. For you, bro. <laughs> and have a great day. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Tell us what topics you want to hear from us next. Um, also follow our TikTok, our Instagram. Um we we have the podcast on all platforms, like Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music, Amazon. Go listen to it is everywhere. We love you. God loves you. Continue to have a great day. And I will put our links to everything down in the description box below. And we're about to
0: be out. Boom. Love you guys. Love you.